0: As you're being seated, let me just let me just speak a word. Would you just bow your head just for a moment, please? And just I think there's just moments like this that and this is kind of what I'm praying for for even 2024. Is we as a a church, we as a congregation, we as His people, that that we would know what it is to have a tender heart in His presence stewarding his presence well here on a Sunday stewarding his presence well at home with your family the thing that shuts that down is a, is a hard heart is it, just this, this tough heart before the Lord and the Lord says you honor me with your lips but your heart is far from me and I want this to be a year truly for you I want this to be a year for this church. That our hearts are just wide open and we are very tender to the Lord and his spirit and his presence. That we will allow him to move within us and through us. That we are going to see God by his spirit move in such powerful ways this year. But it takes that that tender, receptive heart. This is God, I'm open to you doing a mighty work. God, my heart is so soft and my heart is so tender towards you. Truly, Jesus, I love you. Church, what happens when you go before the throne and say, you don't owe me anything. I know what you've done for me. I know the gift of eternal life. You don't owe me anything. But God, you are such a good, generous, gracious God that you just continue To give, you continue to bless. You continue to pour out blessing after blessing. You continue to work on our behalf. It's amazing, church, to know even past the cross, He still looks to bless and He still looks to give and He still looks to honor. Like it's stunning, but we have to come to Him say, "You have given me everything in eternal life. You don't owe me anything." But sometimes we go before Him in that in that you owe me this and you owe me that and it's just this self-centered cry to the place of God you don't owe me anything but we know that he's such a good God that he continues to give gifts church where is where is our tenderness don't let your heart get tough don't let your heart grow cold come on Lord we just pray for that we just pray and Jesus name that by your Holy Spirit you would move in these services and you would move in such a powerful way Lord that every one of us would have a tender heart towards you that the words of our lips and the worship and the praise of our lips would honor the tenderness of our heart towards you we love you we need you desperately we honor you in this place I pray that we would never have that hard heart. I pray if we have a hard heart, God, that it would become tender towards you. God, you would do a mighty work in our hearts even today, right now. That God, we become soft before you and tender before you and open before you. That we allow you full access to us, full access to our hearts. And if you're here, just take a moment. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're on the radio. That you would just take a moment and say, Lord, give me a tender heart this year. This year, I will allow my heart to be soft and to be tender and to be open towards you. I will not have a cold heart towards you. I will not have a hard heart towards you. Lord, I want to be tender. I want to be one who can receive and not one who rejects. I want to be one who receives. I want to be one with a tender heart. I want to be one who is soft to be able to hear from you and receive from you. In Jesus name, come on, amen. If you would take your communion cups, please, and open up your communion cups. Come on, what, a, what an amazing time of worship this morning. and there, There's there's so many reasons to know that he loves us. I mean, we were singing an anthem, which is Jesus is just the anchor of my soul. And there's so many reasons to say, I love you. There's so many reasons to fulfill what it is. When, when Jesus was asked the famous question, what is the number one commandment? And he just simply says, Number one commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And church, that's not complicated. It's certainly, if you're a believer, it certainly shouldn't be difficult. There's so many reasons to say I love you. There's so many reasons to just love them back. Number one reason being our redemption, number one reason is why we come to the table this morning and why we open up and, and crack open our communion and, and recognize the body and recognize the sacrifice of the blood and recognize that there is only one way that we have eternal life and to understand what does it mean that you have been bought back what does it really mean to say, I, I'm amazed by you, I stand in awe of you, I love you with everything in me, I love you, I owe you everything, you owe me nothing, I'm amazed that I am saved, I don't deserve this, I can't earn this, this is amazing, that you paid the ultimate price for me. That the cost was great, for God so loved the world, that he gave, that's a gift. What was the gift? His son. That was the price that had to be paid so that you and I would understand the true gift of eternal life came through the gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus put himself on a cross for you and I to give us the free gift, that which you cannot buy, that which you cannot earn, that which you don't even deserve. Talk about a gift. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. But God so loved Sean Obergfell that he gave his only begotten son. And I have repented for my sin and I have believed that Jesus meant what he said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father but through me. I'm taking him at his word that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. That's it. It's only through Jesus which is by the work of the cross. I believe that. I'm taking him at his word. And I've trusted that. And I've made a confession that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I surrender. But it starts in 1 Peter, it just simply says this. Knowing that you were not redeemed with the perishable things like silver or gold from your fruit away of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood. Here's, here's the price, church. Here's the cost of this gift that has value beyond value that you will never get to the end of the value of this free gift, that which left heaven, came through the virgin woman Mary to, to sustain a, a sinless bloodline, the only one in all of history that has a sinless bloodline because it's the only one of the virgin birth not the seed of a man so that he would be innocent in his blood that was shed. It says this right here with the precious blood as of a lamb that is unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Unblemished and spotless. It had to be that way. We, we, we had to have the virgin birth to maintain, maintain a spotless, without blemish, bloodline without sin. And that was the only payment that was acceptable for my sin and for your sin. Church, when you try to unpack the depth of the cost, the price that had to be paid, and I want us to come to the table and say, no, this is personal. Now I know Christ is Lord and Savior, and I get what he's done for me, and this is my response to him, that this year I will respond in obedience. I will respond with a tender heart. I will respond in worship. I will respond because I know what he's done. I know the cost. I know what he's done, and it's personal. The king left heaven put on flesh, To seek and to save that which was lost so he could find himself on the cross. Physically destroyed. As a lamb, watch it, watch it, who goes to the slaughter. To shed his blood. So that we can strongly, boldly declare today, I am saved. I am safe. I understand the free gift of eternal life. But it came with a cost. It came with a price. For he was smitten of God and afflicted. He was smitten of God and afflicted. Smitten means he was punished, he was attacked, he was slaughtered. He was slaughtered of God. And he was afflicted. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising of our well being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray, but each of us has turned to our own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. This was prophesied 700 years before Jesus Christ, who was God, put himself on a cross on purpose to deal one time and forever with our sin issue. That should be our punishment. We deserve hell. I own that, man. I deserve hell. I own that, for my wages of sin equals death, and that is that eternal, forever separation from the presence of God. I've earned that. That's what I rightfully deserve. Had I not been for Jesus Christ, getting in the middle, putting himself in the way of God's wrath on me, and taking, literally taking the hit that I rightfully deserved because he loves me. Jesus was arrested. He was beaten, mocked, spit on, went to different trials, beaten, mocked, and spit on, tied to a post, naked, tied to a post. You had these Roman centurion soldiers, we don't even know how many, but each one of them had a whip in his hand that had glass or or sharp edges of steel and little round balls all put together as one where the balls would would tenderize the skin and then the the, the blades of steel would just begin to shred the skin. Church, please hear me, Jewish law was, was 40, 40, 40 rips minus one, which is 39. Jesus wasn't ripped under, 30, oh, oh, under Jewish law. He was ripped under Roman law, which was whatever they decided. There was no number. It was to the perfection of absolute, complete, and total pain to just an inch of your life is when they would just shred you physically. Roman soldier after Roman soldier would wrap that, that, that cat of nine tails, it's just called, around his chest and around his body and around his legs around his back and it just it wasn't just his back it was he was shredded where his face and his beard was ripped from his face how painful that would be and here you've got this this figure that is now laid on a cross and put put nails in his hands and his feet and put up into this post and then his joints become dislocated and you're looking at the one on the cross to say i can't recognize him as a human being church that's what today is you're done right, it's personal. That's what he did for me, I deserve that. I deserve that punishment because of my sin. He took that for me. Whipping after whipping, shredding after shredding, hit after hit, crown of thorns piercing into his skull nails in his hands and feet, his joints dislocated in excruciating pain where he couldn't breathe and that was for me. When do we get this? When do we understand he was the lamb, spotless and blameless, that went to the slaughter as the one time forever only sacrifice to atone for my sin and for your sin. And in this moment, we remember all he says is, don't forget it. Remember the price. Remember what it took. Church, what's our response to this? How do we respond to the truth of what he did for you? Because God so loved you, that's what it took. There was no going around it, there was no ignoring it. This is the only way. Jesus in the garden, is there another way? Nope. Then let let your will be done disciples try to put an end to it he says don't you know I could call 72,000 angels down and I could end this now immediately this thing could be over don't you know I could call 72,000 angels in an instant they could be here demanding that everyone would bow a knee I know I could do that but nope his purpose was to get to the cross to be the salvation for me and you to be that price, to be that cost that would buy us back from our sin. Church, it's amazing, it's stunning. And you come to the communion table and Jesus just simply says, remember me. When you go before the body and you go before the blood, he just simply says, do it, be reminded, go back to that place. remember the price remember what it took remember the cost and how we received our eternal gift of salvation was only through the beautiful work of the cross there can be no other way if there was another way he wouldn't have had to gone through what he went through in the punishment he wouldn't have to go through the first time and all of eternity past that the father had to turn his back and abandon his son open your cups, please. And I like that he was betrayed. He took the bread and he broke it He said, this is my body which is broken for you. I love that, man. It's broken for me. Jesus, you did that for me. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead, please. In the same way he took the cups of the new covenant, in my blood as often as you drink this. Church man, I just want you to be reminded when he says as often as you drink this, this is a reminder that I am free and that I am forgiven. No shame, no guilt, no past, I'm free. I am forgiven as far as the east is from the west. I am forgiven and it's never gonna be brought up again. I am forgiven and he buried it in the depths of the sea. I am forgiven and he left it behind him. I am free. By the precious blood of the lamb, I am free. As often as you drink this, remember. He says, remember me. Go ahead, please. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we're amazed by you. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you, God, for your amazing grace. We are saved. We are safe. I pray that our hearts are tender towards you. God, I pray that we would honor you and glorify you and live for you. That God, the reality of this truths, of what you did for us, would reflect in our actions, would reflect in our obedience, would reflect in our love, would reflect in our worship. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, Morning, amen. I love it, church. I love it, I love it, I love it. Come on. Hallelujah. Man, we got to get into this. We got lots, we got lots to cover in short time, and we've got to get into Philippians chapter four with me. Come on, Philippians chapter four. And we're gonna get into what it is. Come on, what it is to mind your mind. Church, tonight is gonna be powerful. Uh, we're gonna I can't wait for Seek tonight. I can't I can't wait to get into our time of even in his word, that we do know that God. He knows the end of this year already. He knows everything that you're going to go through. And we have to trust him through it, trust him for it, and know that he's in charge, man. We just trust in him. And I tell you what, tonight's seek is going to be powerful. Our time in baptism is just you've got a group, I think, of six or seven that are just simply saying, I am identifying with Christ publicly. Like, I am a follower of Jesus, and I'm identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection, and I belong to him, and I want to identify publicly that I have uh, truly understand death, burial, and resurrection, that there is new life in me. All things have become new. That's tonight as well for baptism, and we're so excited. Come celebrate those being baptized tonight. It's going to be powerful. Tonight's going to be uh, just a special night. So we have dear friends being baptized tonight. I'm very excited. It's going to be great. But man, t- today is, we're going to speak on Mind Your Mind next week. Uh, we close out just such a great study in Philippians. I have loved our study and su- study through this whole book, chapter one all the way through, man, verse by verse. We've loved it. Um, we close next week at the end of chapter four with Mind Your Money. If you just, 2024, if you mind your mind and you mind your money, you're probably gonna have a pretty darn good year. And, uh, and then we get into our marriage series, fix the family, fix the future. If we here in, 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 in your own world, fix your family, You can fix your future. It was God's design plan from the very beginning of male and female, husband and wife, uh, one man and one woman to be married together, be fruitful and multiply. It's God's design plan of family. And when there's a breakdown morally of family, uh, everything surrounding it begins to break down. God's foundation is family. If you fix the family, you fix the future. And, uh, you know, marriage is to be held in honor among all. That's going to be our marriage series. We're going to hammer. In our marriage series, I cannot wait to get into our marriage series. It's going to be powerful. Invite somebody. Be ready. Buckle up for it. And it's going to be. It's going to change. It's going to change. Change your world. So come on. I, I, you're at. You're at. Philippians chapter four. I'm going to just read for a moment from Psalm 19. I want you to get this. It says this. And church, when you realize that when when the, that which I dwell on and that's what I think on. Uh, what, what watch this, please. You can even write this down. Um. What, what you allow yourself to think on and what sets in your mind, it begins to sift to your heart, right? That what you allow to, to set in your mindset, that begins to, to settle or begins to sink. If it goes from here and then to here, it begins to sink into your spirit. So it matters. It matters. It matters. It matters, it matters on the things that you allow to sit in your mind, the things that you allow to sit and to soak in your mind because eventually it begins to settle and sink into your heart. You can write that down. If you allow it to, to sit in your mind and, and sit, sit up here, then it's, eventually it's going to begin to settle down into your spirit. So it matters what you think on, because then when it hits your heart, it begins to become your, 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 your action. And if you, if you want, watch this now, if you want a spiritual lifestyle, you better have a spiritual mindset. If you want a spiritual lifestyle, you better have a spiritual mindset The the life that 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 set on the things of the flesh, if your mind is set on things of the flesh, you will live out the worldly flesh. If your mind is set on things of the spirit, you'll act out the things of the spirit, Romans six. So when you, we don't have time to get into that. Uh, But that's, that is the reality of, of, of understanding Romans. When you get, man. If I'm thinking on things of the flesh, if my mind is set on things of the flesh, then flesh is going to be the result. Garbage in, garbage out. You know this. Garbage in, garbage out. You reap what you sow. I promise you. Garbage in, garbage out. You reap what you sow. The Bible is clear. If I am setting my mind on things of the flesh, the things of this world, then I should expect fruit of flesh and world. If I am setting my mind on the spirit, this is the thinker, right? This is my head. This is what's settling in my my mindset, what I'm dwelling on, the things that I'm meditating on, the things that I allow to sit and soak eventually it begins to settle and sink if you have a worldly mindset or a fleshly mindset you'll act out in the flesh if you have a spiritual mindset and things of the spirit and a heavenly mindset then that is going to be your action now I want you to see this come on Psalm 19, 14 says this, let the words of my mouth, let this be a verse, man, maybe this is something you want to declare for the year. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Be acceptable in your sight. God, let let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable, or your version may say, be pleasing in your sight. God I want to honor you, I want to glorify you whether I eat or drink or whatever I do. First Corinthians 10:31: "Whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I do all for your glory. I want the words of my mouth. The meditation, that which is repeating, that which is going over even in my mind that gets to my heart, that meditation, that repeat, that repeat. That's what meditation means, to go over it again, to go over it again, to think on it again, to think, to repeat in your mind, to meditate that, the meditation of my heart, my inner person. God, I want all of that to be pleasing to you. For you, O oh Lord, on my rock and my redemption. Like, church, what happens when we just take this one verse, 19, 14 of Psalms, to say, God, let that be me. I want the words of my mouth, and I want that which I think on that gets into my spirit. I want it to be pleasing in your sight. That's, that's how far we want to go in everything we think, everything we say, everything we do. Ah, I'm all in. Everything I think, everything I say, everything I do. God, it's all about you. Come on, look look at Philippians with me. Let's go. Let's go right to Philippians and just. So I, I love this book. I've enjoyed this letter. It's been fantastic. But look, look what it says. Finally, Paul has given us so much. Like Philippians is just packed. As you know, it's taken us a long time to get through this book. It has truly been a joy to preach with this book. It's been fantastic. And he says, finally kind of as a last word. We will get into minding your money as he talks about that. But today is just mind your mind. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, highlight these, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Dwell, stay, remain Meditate. Like this is all has to do with your thinker. He says, listen, what is taking place up here is eventually going to come down to here and it's eventually going to come out to here. We've got to get that. What I allow here is going to show up here and then it's going to show up out here. Right. And he tells us what to think on. He says, listen, these are the things that you're to meditate on. These are the things that you, you should allow to sit and to soak in, in in your mindset. Like your mind is vital. It is so important what you allow to sit and soak in your mind. My Uncle Paul most amazing preacher that I've ever heard. I love that I'm absolutely biased towards him. He is my uncle. He has gone to be with the Lord. He is the original start of Believer's Chapel in Syracuse. We took the name from him with his permission to honor him. I loved this man and, and what he means even to this church in teaching and training and mentoring me. Incredible. Um, but he he said something once in a message, and I've never forgot it. He says, listen, this is the reality when you think about your thinker. Like, you can't stop, watch this now, you can't stop stupid thoughts from coming into your brain as much as you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But you can stop a bird from making a nest in your hair as much as you can kick a thought out of your mindset. Please hear that. I love that. Amen. Like, I love that. Like, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop a bird from sitting and settling and making a nest in your hair. Like, that's not, you're not going to let that happen. We can't stop stupid thoughts from coming, but what you do with it when they come is everything. It's everything. Immediately, you got to have a response. No, no, no. My dad, I grew up in a house. My dad would say, "No stinking thinking, Sean. No stinking thinking." As a, you know, as a young kid, as a teenager, sometimes you're like, oh, this stinks. Oh, I can't believe me. Oh, and then doubt would come in, or, or uh, self-evaluation that's not up to par would come in, and p- big old pops would say, "No stinking thinking, Sean. No stinking thinking." And I would get in trouble, and I would. St- my dad would still say, "No stinking thinking, Sean. No stinking." Th- and it would just be this thing that was ingrained in me. Therefore, you know. I do believe that I get so much of where I'm at in, in positive thinking, where I'm at in the reality of my mindset, where I'm at as an encourager, came from a lot from home to say no stinking thinking. I don't allow stinking thinking to settle. into Yes, come on. I'm not above it. Yes, stupid thoughts come. Yes, yes, bad thoughts come. Yes, stinking thinking comes. But when that mindset is no, 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 you're out. Now, have you seen me walking around going like this? Like... I'm, I'm, I'm not taking drugs, I promise you, right? I'm not on meth, but you're just like, you're like, no, like, I, there's literally when a thought comes, whether it's doubt, whether it's fear, whatever that is, like, no, man, you ain't allowed in there. You're not allowed in there. Renee's like, what are you doing? No, Sean, not allowed in there. I'll talk to myself. I talk to me more than anybody, to be honest. And it's just like, no, like, but I, like, what is your action and when a stupid thought comes? What's your response? Do you let it sit? Do you let it soak? Do you let doubt sit and soak? Right, when, when someone speaks something over you, you can't stop somebody from speaking something over you. You're worthless. You're a loser. You're ugly. You got no plan. You got, and they just begin to just vomit, puke all over you. Are you gonna receive that? Are you like, no God, God values me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No, God has a plan for me. No, I am a child of God. I know who I am. I don't care what you say. How do you battle that, church? What is your response when stupidity comes? What is your response when stupid people come? What is your response when something dumb is spoken over you? Like, no, that is not truth. No, that is not accurate. The number one thing is whatever is true, dwell on that. True means truthful. I'm not going to accept a lie to sit in my mindset. Truth means truthful. I'm not going to allow something opposite of God's word for me. I'm not going to allow what something wants to speak over me that isn't true. It doesn't hold the value of the word of God. I'm not going to let that sit and soak into my brain. No, God's word says this. What's your rebuttal? Listen, (coughs) Church, I can't think for you. Today we need to remove the excuses. Today we we kick the crutch. This is 100% completely upon you. You think for you. If you have allowed someone else to think for you, and begin to spit filth into your mindset and you let it sit and soak, that's on you. I can't think for you. You think for you. You've got to have a rebuttal. No, the first thing is I'm only going to dwell on that which is true. I'm going to dwell on God's word I know is true. And I know what God says about me. And I know who I am. I'm gonna sit and soak on what is true. That's what's gonna dwell. When lies come, I'm gonna kick them out of me. No, that's not true because this, no, 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 I know that's not true. Talk to yourself. Remove that from your brain. What's the second one, right? Whatever is honorable. I love that. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable. Honorable means that which is noble, that which carries respect to it. That which is dignified, that which is worthy of respect, that's what stupidity is not going to sit in my head. No, that which is worthy of respect, that which carries the weight of dignity. That's what gets to, to sit and soak into my head. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, man, whatever is noble. I love this. Whatever is right. Here's a huge one, especially for today's day. Right means righteous. Righteous, watch this now, write this down. Righteous is right according to what God said is right. Also write this down. Unchangeable right. Unchangeable right. That which is right, because God said it was right, and that which is unchangeable right. What we are fighting so strong today, God said marriage is between a man and a woman. God said there is man and there is woman period there's there's one gender man one gender woman this is how god identifies his creation it's not complicated right this is what's right and you can go down a whole list of god says this is right and it's never changed And I'm going to think my mind is going to be stuck back to the beginning of God's creation going, there is man and there is woman. There is marriage, that which God created, therefore he gets to design it and call it what it is between a male and a female. Anything outside of that is not marriage. Like church, again, where is your mind, right? Is your mind stuck or dwelling or repeating or meditating on the things that God has called right? and he's never changed his mind. It's an unchangeable right. Therefore, I I agree. God said it. I agree. I believe it. No, why? Because God said it. This is where my mind goes. My mind is stuck on that which God said is right, and it's an unchangeable truth. That's what right is. When we understand that, God is one. Watch this now. God is the one who set the standard of right. There is a standard. God set it as right. Anything below that standard or opposite of that isn't anything that we should allow to sit and soak in our mindset. Dwell on that which is right. right. Dwell on that which is true. Dwell on that which is honorable. Dwell on that which is right. And dwell on that which is pure. The word pure here, it means holy. Watch this, man. It means, it means that which can't be tainted. That which is undefiled. Man, man, I'm going I'm to think on that which is pure. Listen, I'm not going to let lustful thoughts come into my mind. I'm not going to let it happen. I, I, listen, when lustful thoughts come, male or female, um, unfortunately, we are seeing uh, a, stati- a, a statistic that is rising, even amongst females, of pornography use and viewing of pornography. That is a staggering statistic that continues to ride, rise with females. And like, when you begin to understand as a man, I'm not going to allow, it's up to you. Dude, it's on you. Young lady, it's on you. No one can control what you allow to sit and soak in your mind. For me, it's not complicated to just simply say, no, when a thought comes or something pops up or whatever that looks like, no, man, she ain't my business. It, that is my first response. No, man, she ain't my business. No, she ain't my business. And if it's a believer, man, she is a child of God. She is a daughter of the most high king. Like, she is not my business. And listen, I praise the Lord. I'm married to one woman, and she's an amazing woman, and she trusts me, and we have amazing, loyal, faithful relationship. She knows that we are clean. Why? Because I'm not going to allow things to interfere with my thinker that's going to get to my heart, and then it's going to show up out here, when immediately, immediately, again, you can't control the thoughts, that, but you can control. If they build the nest, immediately, man, she ain't my business. I got one woman that's my business. She's been my business for 30 years. And it's good business. Hallelujah. (laughs) Ah, amen. And praise the Lord for that. It's a good thing. So, but like what the reality is, man, I need my mind to be pure, undefiled without stain. Stain wants to come. You kick out immediately. No, man, she ain't my business. And you know how creative pornography is, man. You could just be in everyday business. I could be on the Bible app and something. Boops. i like, no, ain't my business. Immediately. Nope. Ain't my business. Something on TV with a commercial. Nope. Ain't my business. You're watching PG-13 movie. You got the remote in my hand. Ain't my business. R-rated movie. Ain't, oop. Fast Ain't my business. You don't let it sit and soak because when you let it sit and soak without removing it, it gets to your, your spirit and then it, it shows out up here. You understand what I'm saying? You with me? Ladies, you ain't exempt. You ain't exempt. Come on, that which is true, honorable, right, and pure and that which is lovely. That means things that are sweet, th- things that cause generosity. This is what lovely means. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a picture of beauty. I want my mind stuck on that which is lovely, that which is beautiful, that which is generous, that which is patient, that which is sweet. That, that's where I want my mind to be stuck on. And I love this, whatever is of a good repute, that, that's a good report, that's of a good reputation. You, you've earned that good reputation. That, that, that which is highly regarded. These, these, this is what we, we allow our mind to dwell on. And then it, then it says this. Any excellence and if anything worthy of praise. Anything excellent that is that moral excellence, that cleanse, that, 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 that which is morally right. Stick your mind on that. And anything worthy of praise and man I look to Jesus on that that he is worthy of our highest praise turn to Colossians with me please chapter 3 and we'll, we'll, we'll close in Proverbs you gotta train your brain you gotta speak to yourself and you gotta have a response in your head whether it's no stinking thinking If you always doubt yourself. If you understand that when when my thinker gets going and then I let it sink to my words, it goes from here to here. And then when it goes from here to there, it goes to here. And then it shows up out here. Church, what happens when, when scripture tells us In Colossians chapter three, therefore, we've been raised up with Christ. Keep seeking the things above. Keep seeking, keep seeking, keep seeking, continuously pursuing or seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Where should our Jesus Christ, I can't say it enough for this year. Jesus needs to be the center of your attention. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is because he's seated at the right hand of God. Like, Jesus needs to be the center of our attention. Think on Jesus, think on Jesus. And then it says this, set your mind on things above. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is as he's seated at the right hand of God and set your mind, your thinker. Establish, fix your mind on things above. Where Christ is and not, there's a not. I'm supposed to set my mind on things above. Uh, I'm not supposed to set my mind on things of the earth. Do you think more of, of heaven? Do you think more of the things of Christ than you do of your surrounding here on the earth? I love our, 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 our song selections for worship because we actually sing about heaven. I love the song, Homecoming. I love the song, Hymn of Heaven. Like, oh, hail King Jesus. It speaks, even so many of our songs speaks of scenes that are taking place in heaven even now. It speaks of even that day of the new heaven and the new earth. And man, I love to sing about that which is going to come. I love to know and put my mind that, man, I am an alien here in this world. This is not my home. I know that there's a day that I get to go home. I know that there is a place that Jesus Christ is going to prepare for me. And man, what is it to to set your mind on things above and not think on things of the earth? Man, if you set your mind to news, you're in trouble. If you set your mind to the things of the television, you're in trouble. Set your mind, man. Be here. Think on things above. We gotta cruise, man. Come on, come on. Proverbs 15, please, real quick. Real quick. We gotta go. I've loved our time this morning. I've loved our time in worship. Man, what a powerful moments in worship. Such an anointing. I've loved our time in communion. I mean, I just I just need to get through this though. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. This is, if you if, uh, all of what we've said when we realize it goes from our mind to our mouth, to our spirit and to our heart and, and recognize, man, I need to set my mind on the things of the spirit, not on the things of the flesh because it's going to show up in my life. Let me give you, let me let me end today with some great advice for 2024 and then every day thereafter. Like, let's just start with this. Let's just start with this. Watch this, verse 28. The heart of the righteous ponders thinks, goes through a mindset, the heart of the righteous thinks what? Before he speaks. If you're a husband in this place, just raise your hand, please. Let me give you some advice, gentlemen. Think before you speak. (laughs) And wives, I'll accept the gift cards after church. We'll be fine. I just did a, in one verse, I just did a miracle in your marriage. Like, it's amazing. If your husband could think before he actually exits his mouth, like how much better would the home be? Gentlemen, I'm telling you, hear this, please, please, please. When it comes to your mind, it goes to your mouth, and then it goes to your spirit, and then eventually it's going to show up here. Be very careful on the words that come out of our mouth. Listen, listen, listen. Think before you speak. I want you to write down three verses. You can look at them later. All right, Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 21, 23. And Psalm 141, three, set a guard over your mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard over my mouth. That means muzzle it, think. men, the Bible is very clear that so many problems that you endure are because of the words that you allow out of your mouth. How many jobs have been lost? How many relationships have been severed and broken? How many marriages have been lost because of words that speak? They're powerful. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Sean, you better think before you speak. You better think. What is the result, man? What is the impact? I could win in the moment, but man, I could lose tomorrow, man. this is the deal. Like, think before you speak. Think before you speak. Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Church, if we could just do this and really understand, this is what I'm supposed to be dwelling on. This is where my thinker is. It's going to affect my words. It's going to affect my heart. It's going to affect my action. Whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I want to do all to the glory of God. I want to do all to the glory of God. Kind of if we could stand to our feet, please. Church, if you need prayer for any reason we want to pray with you today I just want to close with Proverbs 21-23 it says he who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble I love that this is God's advice we should take it it's God's advice Well, we allow ourselves, and it's on you remove the crutch today it's completely your fault got to get back to a reality your future is your fault What, what if people really understood that truth your future is your fault and maybe something bad happened to you how you handle that then becomes your fault the words that you speak from the mind that you think has a direct impact on your life change your brain Ch- change what you're dwelling on. Don't allow stupidity to, to sit and soak because this then it's going to sink. And then it's going to show up out here because you allowed it. Man, you allowed it. No one else did you allow it to sit there. It's completely up to you. Completely up to you. Come on, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for... Your word, God, I love this, I love this, I love this. Be with every one of us that we would meditate on that which is right and pure and let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart. God, just let it be pleasing to you. God, we want the words that we speak to be pleasing. We want the meditation of our heart to be pleasing and to be acceptable to you. For you, oh Lord, you are our rock. You're our strength and you're our redeemer. Let this word sit in our spirits today. Father, we pray that you would bless us, that you would keep us, that your face would shine upon us, your grace would be towards us. And God, you'd give us your peace. pray that blessing over us today. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, amen. Listen, church, we'll be up front. If you need prayer for any reason, we want to pray with you. Come on, you are dismissed. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock. Man, please don't miss it. It's going to be powerful, man. Come on.